0: to Fashion Forum, a podcast brought to you by the British Fashion Council. I'm Caroline Rush, Chief Executive. Today we bring you a series of conversations highlighting the relationship between the creative industries, celebrating not only fashion designers but also the broader creative community, all of whom play a vital role in our industry's culture and reputation, promoting British creativity on a global scale.
1: My name is Erdem Moralioglu. I'm a fashion designer and I am here with the extraordinary and amazing Amanda Harlick, and we are here to talk to you. How Amanda have you managed to navigate this time? I I think I'm going to look back at this as like the the strangest year. It's uh, how have you been able to navigate it and do you think anything positive can can come out of the situation that we're in?
0: I feel that we've inhabited this sort of incredible was it nine months where suddenly we're we've been privileged to watch every single passing moment move by on a different time scale sometimes the time has been elasticated and very long and you noticed every single different spring flower emerging you know last march april may sometimes it goes really fast and you you just feel like you have you know, I just sort of listened to Kate Tempest's um, poem, you know, Hold On. It's very, everything seemed to be like like flipping past really, really fast, maybe because we weren't able to work in the same way. And so you were doing the same things at at the same time, pretty much every day, cleaning your house or, you know, getting things to eat, that sort of thing. Most of the time, I feel this is a, my eyes are opening, that instead of rushing with a suitcase to catch a, a train or a plane, I've been able to think and to watch. Initially, I found it really difficult to write or to paint. Anything that meant making something that, like a product at the end of it was really, really difficult, but it's got better um how about you
1: it's funny i i totally agree with you this kind of sense of a pause you know and it it it, i think it forces all of us to kind of ask kind of quite much bigger questions you know what makes us happy or the kind of the balance between life and work and 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 even you know bigger issues um
0: like uh like you know what are the values that really matter um uh I sort of felt very strongly that the bubble had to burst in some respect from where we were like two years ago, that you as designers were having to, you were on this sort of treadmill of producing bigger and bigger collections and more frequently. And I think this has slowed all the work down and made it a lot more reflective at its best. And I think that shows in the work. You know, I loved your last collection that was entirely done. I don't know how you did it, how you found the fabrics. I think you'd ordered before lockdown or something. But um, that whole idea that we should know where things come from and how they're made and just slowing it down, a bit like slow food, I think is really important right now.
1: No, I agree. And it, it was a funny time. I also realised how... Much I need and value human human contact interaction the importance of interaction
0: yeah
1: and you know being in the studio I realized you know you know that question of life work and I, I realized work is kind kind of very much my life I so um, miss it and and in some ways miss the way that we used to do things and the idea of just being you know being in the studio but of course understanding that things had to um things had to change particularly in this situation another positive thing and it's something that I'm so looking forward to is especially living in London Mm -hmm. is is that feeling of being kind of almost culturally bereft I miss I miss um going to a gallery I miss the I miss the the national portrait gallery I, I miss the Royal Opera House. And...
0: It's really interesting that we've all kind of honoured technology and the screen and Zoom sessions, but actually nothing can replace human contact or even being in a room with a piece of art that seems to emit its own uh, emotional uh, trajectories that, that hit you in where you least expected it. I mean, I, I looking at a painting on a screen is not the same as standing in front of it. And on top of that, the way exhibitions are curated, you know, all of that brings in so much emotion in between the spacing of things or what leads you from one thing to another. I miss all of that just as much as I miss the actual... Feel of fabric in fat in fittings, the actual sound it makes, you know, of actually being able to explore those embroideries a bit about, you know, it, all of that. W- we seem to, on top of not being able to give anybody a hug, we have. It's almost like we've been put in an ice
1: cube. And then you have these moments of silence where you where you feel like, oh, this is this is this feels so new. This silence and the ability to be in a room alone and draw and create. And uh, so it's this kind of constant push and pull of feeling Mm. like you're missing something and feeling like you're gaining something in one second and, and then suddenly feeling completely isolated and uncomfortable the next.
0: When you're in the silence, and I think it's the silence that you come upon rather than opening the door, sitting down at your work desk and going, right, Now I'm in this silent space and now I can create my collection. I mean, do you find it's much more, and and I'm sure that it would be standing in front of a painting and seeing the corner of a dress that would trigger narratives, like that's the story, how she ripped her hem, she was dancing in a fury because he had broken her heart or, I mean already when you sit down do you have the story or does does the story then take over as you're sketching i sort of feel that you actually write the stories too that it's not just the literal story
1: no it's never and it's never the literal story i think it's always um it almost provides a framework in which you can create and and sometimes those 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 stories find you and sometimes you find them, but it could be, you know, someone like, um, Nancy Cunard, as you mentioned, or, or Marion North, who is an amazing kind of uh, female botanist, you know, who discovered loads of different species and fascinating, um, woman or, um, you know, even, even the, the story of my two two great grandmothers oh, from, you know, yeah. from, one from the Midlands, one from eastern turkey and and this improbable meeting of two women that would have never known each other but um but yeah i think I think there's something there's almost a kind of a wonderful freedom to work within a narrative because you you go on your own tangents and you discover your own your own story i think it's I think a narrative's a kind of an, almost in a weird way a difficult thing to escape.
0: I think that you know the narrative, and it doesn't have to be you know as you say, something literal,
1: um, yes,
0: horizontal or
1: historical. Yeah, it doesn't have to be uh, not be necessarily vert- historical.
0: Vertical, which is you get the vertical lift off from understanding the detail, so that you wouldn't un- have necessarily understood the English flowers, your English great great grandmother, and the Ottoman. Um, miniaturist flowers you know that 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 actually bringing those two together you created something entirely new and i think um narrative from special i can you know working with John in the in the eighties and the early nineties but without the story and it was a very very loose sort of broadly brushed in story with, which would literally hang by one word sometimes when john would walk into the studio and he'd just go diva and that would be the story <laughs> and then you would you would understand what her bag would look like or you know what she'd have in it or how you know what would be on the hem of her dress and or or you know if she was a little argentine chicklet, she'd have dressed up in her boyfriend's two shrunken pinstripe suit and she'd have pressed up against the brick wall and that that would have smudged through the pinstripes and that became a textile and it's without those details I think there's an emptiness and it doesn't mean that you've got to follow the story from A to Z it is literally understanding the spirit that we are all stories we are all made up of experience and memories and connections and if we slice through all that then all we are is just, we're an empty, I think, I believe we're sort of an empty screen. It's almost like we're passive.
1: Mm, I agree, so. or it just becomes clothes, which I just, I think it's, it's always so much more than that. But it's interesting that you mention um, John, which leads me, to my, leads me to a question of collaboration. What, what are your thoughts on collaboration? What, is it a, a magical thing?
0: I never really thought that I was collaborating because I think isn't a collaborateur not a very good person, actually. I think a kind
1: of a political kind yeah, of angle that you're giving yeah, it.
0: I think but I do think the exchange of ideas in an unrestrained open way where you're not afraid of maybe saying the wrong thing or suggesting something that that other might find off. I think that's when things get truly creative, and I think that that exchange between makers from every discipline is really, really exciting. Whether whether it be artists or say you asked a potter to make the buttons, or whether you know you're asking an engineer about. I don't know, an angle that would become a print or even where designers have worked. I can't remember the, that. There was a little Italian guy, at the, one of the LVMH uh, finalists who had worked, who was actually creating cloth out of fungus. Um, and it, it's just that I find this, these exchanges suddenly open up so many more vistas and I think that's a really healthy way for us to work I also think that the way to get through this pandemic is through community and about gathering your group of collaborators your makers around you and I I really feel that's something you've done really successfully you know I know you know I know Noel for 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 start off who works you know making your extraordinary and beautiful covetable hats, but you know how, who did you get to make you know your your incredible pom poms from for you know for the mondotti collection you know that that made one think of the craft of um, mexico for example
1: that i those those pom poms were done in the in the studio. But Ooh. it's it, it's 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 interesting that you mention um, craft and community, and I, I mean that really makes me think about um, the Royal College. And when I when I attended the Royal College, so many collaborators that I still work with today were 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 people who I studied with. So Noel Noel was with me at the Royal College. Noel, yeah. who is an extraordinary, amazing milliner, who's who's you know he's, he's
0: extraordinary. He came up with some brilliant hats. I did a shoot for, um, with Autumn DeWild, that was the, just literally locking down. And Noel just, you know, oh. out of nowhere, created these hats out of-
1: oh. It's when you find that person that you can kind of dance with in a way. And, um, but Noel, Kirsty um, McDougall, extraordinary weaver, um, Jenny King, who I also went to the Royal College with, an amazing embroiderer. But collaboration can be something that um challenges you. I worked with the um the Royal Ballet creating costumes for Christopher Wheeldon, who's an extraordinary artistic director and choreographer there. And I remember we started, you know, the the um I was so thrilled to, to um to be a part of, of his work. It was called Corobantic Games, and I remember very early on, you know, we had a meeting. And and he said, well, just I think it's just really important that there's no color, print, or texture, really, and ah. um, and I just <laughs> thought I thought that was kind of amazing. I was like, wow, I mean, why, what is gonna? How are we gonna do this? But okay, and it was, um, I think it's great. I think I think collaboration is is an amazing thing. It can it can you 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 learn you you grow from it, and and sometimes it can even you know challenge you or make you feel kind of a little bit I'm trying to really figure out how you're gonna go about it but um
0: i think that that's really the creative bit is when you're when you're working with some someone where there isn't that fear of having to do the right thing
1: Um, yes
0: i think that when there's this open exchange and excitement or i certainly have felt this thing of not understanding of um feeling no 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 uh that's 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 wrong because i don't understand it it felt it felt the weight of it felt entirely wrong but actually then you understand i it's like a breakthrough it's like how you grow then you then you think well actually they were right after they were completely right this is a whole new way of looking at a jacket um this material is absolutely fantastic it's not I didn't, you know, I didn't think it would work at all, but in fact, it does.
1: That's an interesting thing that touches on collaborating and working with people that challenge you as well, which I think is, is, is always very, very important, you know. I mean, Carl was... Sometimes being wrong can be yeah, right.
0: Carl was very challenging, just quite simply because he would just go so fast. And really, the thing was to understand exactly what he was wanting to say That was challenging. Um, and, and the minute you took your eye off the ball, he would go, what do you think? And it would be very important to say absolutely what you thought, because he would read you like an X-ray. So, um, yeah, that was challenging, but, but also fascinating because it made, it made me, you know, really jump the fences to get to, to the point, the meaning of his collections. And and he was somebody who did not use narrative, but within the collection, there was always a narrative. I mean, I remember his last couture collection in January, 2019. And he um, he asked me, it was literally the night before the show. So after the second accessorization day, it was evening, he was very tired. He said to me, what music would you play at the show and i said ah oh, um tchaikovsky violin concerto because it's just such a romantic set do you remember the show it was like all carl's favorite things there was a Lagerfeld moment in there it was the fairy tale dress there was you know his favorite period so what i was saying so carl said no 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 far too romantic he said it should you know the music i'm thinking of is Mahler's, uh, das Lieder van der Erbe, and the, those incredible mm. songs, the Sorrows of the Earth, and literally, you know, he w- that was such a huge thing. He was telling mm. me right then, because if you know that Mahler was at that point facing his own death, and mm. that that's that's the level of Carl's like challenge. It was he would he would be so far ahead and you would have to really fly to catch him up
1: i recently i recently saw his the very first couture collection he ever did for chanel in 19 i want to say 1983 yeah it's it's so so amazing but um no just just extraordinary
0: collaboration collaboration community and i think i would i also feel strongly that you know communities of makers, and I think we both feel that craft is part of that. I mean, these skills of all these makers, albeit embroiderers, weavers, basket makers, leather workers, featherers, um, milliners, I mean, I so hope that these makers, that these skilled makers actually make it through uh, this pandemic. And it's very important that um, people like you are actually working, continue to work with them.
1: But and I think, I wonder if part of a reaction to the situation we're in is going to be this kind of this hunger and want for things that have that, you know, a human hand to them. I think yeah, now I more would never, you know, definitely. the idea of having a beautiful hand knit or, um, you know, the all of our knitwear is made in, in Scotland, you know, the idea of these beautiful kind of things that have a human hand, um,
0: definitely, feel, definitely. feel really, really yeah. important. I also think that love, that, the element of care, love, rigour, attention, knowledge, wisdom, all of that, put invested into that knit or that stitch. Those things will matter, do matter, um, Um, so much more because I think during lockdown we've all had to approach what we wear in a very different way Um, Mm. even though I long to put on my tattered chiffon layers and my dancing shoes and my (laughs) peacock silk kimono and a hat um, I haven't been able to except sort of on Christmas day so I think that in terms of going out and buying something new, I think that what will matter are those pieces that you buy that you will never, you know, let go of. And I know that yes. that's something you you feel very strongly about.
1: And always, I always think that's been a, a driving part of what, what I do. I always mm-hmm. feel like clothes should have a permanence to them. I, I i There's nothing that thrills me more than seeing someone wearing my, my work from ten years ago, five years ago, fifteen years ago, it's 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 the most it's 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 the biggest compliment. And I and I also think when something's well designed, there is a natural permanence to it, you know? I think um
0: I think craft absolutely. and yeah craft and couture actually run parallel here in escaping, if you like, the um the the death of the fashion trend because of mm. the way they're made do you feel I, I I've always wondered why couture escapes you know trend and I think yes. that your collections are are more couture angled with a narrative than a than necessarily a trend product
1: that's a huge compliment and but I but I've yeah I couldn't agree more I think that I think that there's something very very interesting about what what gives one garment um, a, a a timelessness, and mm-hmm. what is it about another garment that that feels kind of quite uh, dated and and or with a, a, an associated time to it? Um, I think is is very interesting.
0: Because certainly the vintage pieces that I've sort of found have it's been about what they feel like and how they're made. Doesn't necessarily. They don't have to be in mint condition, but there's just something unique in that bit of embroidery, or the mm. strange sleeve, or the striped velvet. And I think that, you know, that's fascinating. Equally, you know, it could be a a, a kimono that's, you know, been patched over generations. You know, the borrow borrow thing. And I think that. Mm. I think our eyes are now being opened to the diversity of of craft skills which I would put on a level with couture.
1: It's interesting you're talking about vintage fashion and the things that you that you can long to wear. What what uh what's your favorite decade in fashion?
0: Okay, my favorite decade is probably the twenties and but also here we've got a um, connection because I know yours is the thirties but I really yes. love the thirties too and I really love I love it you know you know the 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 kind of depression years the make do and mend years but also yes you know, much elegance then
1: I love the 1930s particularly I love I love Molyneux and Vionnet and 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 also i Chanel I think I think the 1930s were so kind of interesting And also interesting, you know, when you think about, um, you know, America was in, was experiencing, well, it was the Great Depression. And, you know, it was a time where almost fashion was becoming more democratized, you know, before you could only order things specifically from Paris. And then the emergence of, you know, making your own clothes and patterns. And I find, um, I find it such an interesting period, but also because that period was specifically about cutting and how the garments were cut. And I, I find that so fascinating. So, you know, looking at Vionnet, for example, I remember there was that extraordinary exhibit, a retrospective in um, the Musée d'art um, décorative and uh, curated by Andre Putman that was so yeah, it was. amazing. And it was, um, it was very simple, just with a mirror behind each dress so you could really see and appreciate how everything, everything was cut.
0: Do you think maybe, you know, we've had a very hierarchical fashion scene, where it's been dominated by Paris do you think that <clears throat> and then Milan and we've New York has chimed in and London has been i think such a like a trigger point for so many great ideas and great designers but it hasn't got and certainly at the moment it doesn't have the traction that Paris has do you think that maybe after this it would become more local that we will actually you know, the, we will be able to make everything here without having to send things off to Lesage and Irel. And I mean, we lost during the sixties. You know, nobody wanted those things. That's when the English, British haute couture kind of stopped, and the the mills were you know stopped making short runs of fabric, and everything got sort to, to, of um, you know where it had to be mass produced. So we lost. What Paris has kept hold of, would you think it will go the other way?
1: We've been able to figure out how to how to cut things in an interesting way using bias and and using um, so many amazing makers that are based in 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 the UK, which which is also goes back to the you know the the, the conversation we were having about collaboration and 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 being able to continue to work with so many extraordinary English makers and 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 so much of what what I do within my collection is made here in the UK which is something that I'm I'm so um, I'm so proud of
0: I sort of feel there are so many now extraordinary embroiderers certainly somebody and a friend who I've mentored through the Royal College and 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 before um, you know they're they're textile in, innovators they're extraordinary weavers they're there are knitters there's the embroidery school that um prince charles has in is has under his wing in scotland i think that there should be i hope more of those in this country bringing in all the skills of our completely you know diverse students you know to, so who who can bring in their their skills their cultural history i mean i think that that their you know their dying techniques that all their you know ancient traditions which have now emerged in the 21st century i think all of that can make fascinating fascinating work
1: i think there will be an emphasis on finding things locally and i think there's something really extraordinary about finding um an amazing cashmere supplier or embroiderer or uh weaver that's 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 based here and there is so much talent based here which needs to definitely be um supported absolutely um and I do think that um you know to to a certain extent um in terms of like the fashion calendar, of course paris is so so important, but i think London has become such a you know it's it so many things begin here in london and it's and it's it's such a it's so exciting to be a part of london and london fashion week it's 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 extraordinary to even see how it's evolved over the last fifteen years it's Not completely year. completely changed it's something that i'm i'm so so proud of and so proud to be a part of.
0: And I think it's so great, you know, the way um, London Fashion Week, it, they've, the, the way shows have moved about or like taking them into the National Gallery, you know, in, in a sense, that is a collaboration too, Erdem, and, mm-hmm. a, and a, you know, a great one. And, and that doesn't happen in Paris to that extent at all. What I would love to see, and I was thinking, if I'm a designer, how do I get to see the work of these emerging artisans who at the moment are at college and it would be great if there could be like you know like a visual hub where you can see students work so that actually you can commission them and involve them in your collections and that way they would gain experience but also you know that would help further uh, you know advancing their studies and I just think that they're that that would be really interesting because I wouldn't know where you know apart from going to degree shows which you can't do at the moment how do you get to see what's out there
1: no you're right and I think it's you know creating some kind of platform or database for everyone to share their work collectively um is 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 a brilliant idea but I, I will say I think what's very exciting about the time we're living in right now is the dialogue and our our want and desire to talk about all of these issues, you know, and, and issues like diversity, size representation, um, age representation. There's so, I know, many, it's so Why um... is it taken
0: us so long? It's terrible. Why well, it's just like, I do feel that this is really the dawning, the dawning, i mean certainly for fashion but also for on on every level for the whole world and that's very exciting
1: i'm um, i agree amanda i think it's such an exciting time and i can't thank you enough for today and i wish i wish it wasn't a podcast because then everyone would be able to appreciate your amazing hat um uh, but 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 for everyone who can't see amanda's hat it's um it's wonderful so Thank you very much, and uh, I hope you enjoyed our talk.
0: Fashion Forum is a co-production between the British Fashion Council and In Talks With Productions. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, leave a review, and share it with your friends. If you'd like to find out more and join the conversation on social media, then head to londonfashionweek.co.uk or at London Fashion Week.